Welcome to the Fun Astrology Podcast for Wednesday, the 12th of July, hump day, midweek day. Thomas Miller with you. Thanks for stopping by. We had an early, or have, I guess, if you're if you're an early bird like I am here, we have an early morning aspect. The only one of today, the sun is squaring Chiron. So there is a watery sun squaring a fiery Chiron. And really tack that on to the end of what we talked about yesterday, and you kind of got the picture. This definitely is a time that karmic business is being done in our souls and in the universe. You know, if you look out and you don't like the way things look right now, and if things look scary or dark or not exactly where you would prefer them to, realize that the universe is fully aware and is working. And you can bring that right on down from out there, the big world around us, all the way down to our homes, our families, even our own individual lives. If there are still things that you know need to be changed, this is just great timing and great energy to allow the change. Work with the flow. So the sun squaring Chiron means that there could be a little tension around that, and that's okay. Ride the wave. I have a new thing that pops up in my mind when squares and oppositions and the more challenging aspects present themselves. It's what Robert Glasscock mentioned in several of the Old Soul, New Soul episodes, that the squares and oppositions are often called the billionaire signatures, the billionaire aspects. Why? Because if you study wealthy people who overcame obstacles, they have a lot of squares and oppositions in their chart. They rode those to success. It made them overcome the obstacle. So if your soul chose that for this journey, for you, ride the wave, allow it, overcome it, work with it, stay after it. Now, we're going to pivot here and take a listener question that came in last week about the oracle planet in the chart. Do we each have an individual oracle planet for the day that we are born? And if so, how does that impact our chart and how we read it? Great question. Thank you for this. And she went on to describe things about her own chart, which I'm not going to put in there for all of us because it is kind of a mind bender. I mean, we know our own charts well, but nobody else can relate to them. And if you don't have one in front of you, you really can't relate to it. But she was asking about how primarily to identify the oracle planet. I don't know where the oracle planet concept originated, but it's really pretty simple. And to really get a lock on this and make sure you're doing it right, it's best to get on some charting software where you can put your chart in, but then move the time backwards or forwards. And what you do is you move that chart back to right before the sun crosses the ascendant. So if you're in an equal house system like I use, that would be right there at the cusp of the first house. If you're using whole sign, for example, the ascendant point is a point in the chart. So move the sun right up to that. And of course, the time that you're looking at then should correlate with the timing of that seasonality and your location, etc., of where the official sunrise would have been. Because obviously, that's the ascendant point in the chart. So if you notice then, the planets are moving in a clockwise fashion. That's how they move through the chart during the day. So it's following the sun across the horizon. So in other words, the sun is coming from, let's say, the 6 o'clock position. That's the nadir, or the darkest of the night. So that's down at the cusp of the fourth house in the chart, the bottom, the 6 o'clock position, if you're visualizing this in your mind. And then it's moving through the third house, the second house, 
the first house. Now it hits the ascendant. As the sun comes up, it goes into the twelfth house, then the eleventh. Then it's shining up in the tenth house, the midheaven area. Our shining out, our career, our contribution to the world. We're following the sun. Then it moves on across and towards sunset and then back into nighttime again. So you dial that chart in right before the sun crosses the ascendant and you simply look at what planet is going to cross that line of the ascendant just before the sun. That's your oracle planet. So last week I was mentioning that right now in the sky, Uranus is the planet that crosses that line before the sun. But not only that, I was mentioning that it's quite high in the horizon, even, Uranus, if you could see it. It would be way up there high because there's a pretty big gap between the sun and the next planet, which is Uranus. That's if you put a chart of today up. You'll see that gap between the sun in mid-Cancer, basically, and Uranus up around the 22-degree mark of Taurus. Now, then you look at your own chart. So, you know, just using mine as an example, I have three planets on the same degree. The sun is the third of the three. However, on the morning I was born, when I move that chart backwards, and this is why it's important to do that, don't go base this on the natal position of your planets because they can move. What I have is Mars, then Neptune, then the sun, all at six degrees. Boom, boom, boom. Yet Mars, not Neptune, is the oracle planet. It's the one that was on the horizon just a tick. I mean seconds, minutes, just oom, right there before the sun. So that's how you calculate it. Now what it means in interpretation is basically a little bit of added strength or working with or that planet's significance showing up in your life because it's saying to the world, hey, world, Thomas Miller is getting ready to be born. It's like an oracle. It's like an old crier in the town square. News bulletin, news bulletin, hear all about it. Hey, world, you are about to be born. That's the idea. It's just a planetary oomph of announcing that your life is about to unfold. Your incarnation is about to begin. I love the idea of the Oracle planet. I just wish mine wasn't Mars. <laughs> Do you not think I've had to work through some Martian issues, especially since my south node is in the sign ruled by said planet? Dang it, Jupiter, where were you? <laughs> and some of you have Jupiter, and good for you. And yet you probably have worked through some, some of the shadow sides of that as well. It's all part of the package. But that's the idea. So you don't read anything more into it than that. The rising sign, the ruler of the rising sign, the uh, etc., those don't matter. It's just a little bit of added strength to that one planet with that special position of telling the world that you were coming. And you know, if you think about it, it makes our life worth living, because even the sky announced it to the universe. And then you can read the chart beyond that to look at how that planet showed up in your life. So Mars for me is in Scorpio. It's the ancient ruler of Scorpio. It's in a tight stellium in Scorpio. Have I had to deal with Mars? Yes. Do I still have to deal with Mars? Yes. But when I get on something, can I do it powerfully? <laughs> like a bulldozer. So that's how you bring the synthesis of the planet in. You just look at the characteristics, where it is, what it's aspected to, and how that has shown up in your life. Pretty interesting. From a transit basis, 
more, I'd say, just of interest. But, you know, strange and bizarre things are happening all around us. Thanks, Uranus. (laughs) Hope that helps. Great question. See you guys back tomorrow.